Hey, Polly. Hey, Greg. How are you? I am super excited today. After, as always, as, well, as always, yeah. but this time we got a little super more, excited. Little more super excited. Yeah. What are you super excited about? We've been trying. I've been trying. Yeah. You've been trying. We've been trying to get this next guest on for a while. Mm-hmm. And finally, we have her, Cassandra Sargent from the MLK Community Center is going to be on the podcast today. Queen. I, I'm not even going to <laughs> try and make a segue. Nope. I don't want to give up the goods. This is going to be a good podcast. I yeah. think that you all have to just just buckle up and get ready because this is going to be a good one. Yeah. Um, open up your hearts and be prepared for some truth. Some truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So without further ado, today joining us on the Totally Preventable podcast, we have Cassandra Sargent, the breakfast coordinator at the Martin Luther King Community Center and also an intern for the Parent Support Network, Rhode Island in Middletown. So how are you doing today, Cassandra? I'm doing well. How are you both? Doing good. good doing good. And now I'm going to be a, a complete open book here. I've been waiting to get you on this podcast. I think I bugged you pretty much every time I see you. So <laughs> I'm so happy that you're on here with us. Um, I just think that you're an incredible person doing some incredible work. And I just wanted to share... What I see every time I wanted uh, to share that with the entire community, uh, the entire totally preventable community, all the great things uh, about you. So to start off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I'm in two-year recovery myself. Um, So I identify to a lot of the clients that all agencies, so to say, deal with on a day-to-day basis. I've been homeless in the past. I am a mother of five, um, four natural born children and one, um, four, not foster, but um, stepchild, so to say. So three boys, two daughters. Um, we, I've been homeless in the past. I've used, you know, the mail sites in the community centers and things of such. So I identify to each and every client, so to say, in some kind of way from mental health, you know, as I battle that every day and I know that I will for the rest of my life. You know, that's a daily struggle with everyone that, you know, has mental health. Um, but I work for the Martin Luther King Center. I'm an intern for Hope Recovery, uh, Parent Support Network, Rhode Island. And um, just recently, um, what did you say, that emptiness, all my children have just, so to say, left the house. So it's just me. So I'm throwing myself into my field of work. And I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love the people. And I wouldn't have my position if it wasn't for the people, you know. feels great being in the community. I am a brand new empty nester um, as of, I think it was October. So, although do they re- really ever leave? You know, they've come back quite a bit. So, and I happily accept them. But, um, whoop, Newport, we hear Newport's finest in the back. Um, so Greg and I had the pleasure to meet you, our first interaction with you, MLK Breakfast. So could you tell us a little bit about um, what the MLK Center offers and um, at the breakfast for the clients? Well, it's um, the bre- it originated as the breakfast program to set up to make sure that people were having, you know, a, a breakfast, so to say. They were eating, they were getting a meal, um, and it's turned into so much more. But the facility itself, MLK, has many, many things to offer, you know, from childcare to education to food hunger services, food mobile pantry service, the breakfast program, the community dinners. 
Um, but the breakfast itself has kind of become like a resource hub, so to say. It's, as you say, meeting people in their moments. It's meeting them right there at the start of their morning. For most of, most of them, having, if not just low income or being homeless, they're, you know, dealing with mental health or dealing with addiction. Um, some needing multiple services and some not having any services at all. So it's the fresh start of their day where you actually get to, you know, see them when they're sober, you know, they're, they're happy, they're, you know, they're hungry, but they're, you know, they're people, they're human, like any of us, um, you know, but they're needing services. So they ha we have brought in through Mel Saunders and the director, Heather Strau, and my, my supervisor, Ed um, Crowley, has been able to bring your, your agency, so to say, um, Newport Prevention, which you guys offer a, a wide variety of safety supplies for outside for them. Um, we have Hope Recovery every Friday, which offers, you know, recovery services, meeting them in their moments, giving them safety supplies, you know, if they are, you know, still using um, to keep them safe um, and things of such. There is the Rio's team, which is Newport County Mental Health, which comes every morning. And um, they're there to do intakes of such, you know, meet people in their moment if they're needing to outreach to their case managers or there's mainly for crises in those moments because there are no agencies, so to say, at that time. So they're there to be, you know, meet people in those moments. And as they're meeting them in their moments, it's a time for them where they're outreaching and they're able to communicate with their therapists and their case managers and the med management and everything else back at the main site especially where the clients really can't get to those sites or they do, there's transportation through Rios, but if there's 10 clients needed to get to the site at one time, how do you get 10 clients there? So they can get those messages, you know, back and forth. They can even transport, you know, things back and forth, so to say that are needed. Um, in the summertime that we were able to get supplies from them, things like tents and sleeping bags and, you know, things of such that are needed to, for survival for outside. So there's many of, agencies coming through hi frank honey um on a day-to-day -day basis and a month-to-month -month basis they're also offering once a month free aids and hiv testing um visiting nurses services come in and they offer free blood testing um high blood pressure and things of such uh, covid tests and things of such flu testing so there's many of different many of different things happening at the breakfast program besides you know getting a healthy wholehearted meal um, the volunteers there, they're, they're really involved with the clients, getting to know them, getting to know their stories and trying to help. You know, we have some volunteers that do have, you know, a couple extra dollars to spend and when they can, they do, they will, you know, clients needs, um, you know, even the agency representatives, um, Victor today, so to say, you reached out yesterday from New Pup Prevention. Does anyone have a pair of boots for a client in the breakfast program? We got a response back from Victor Lombard, who is, um, Victor Lambert, I'm sorry, who was with the Rios and Newport Mental Health team, who actually got this, this boots to the client today, and the client was just more than thrilled. And it was like for him, it was Christmas all over again. It was like, oh my God, I got a Christmas gift, and somebody thought of me, and you know that fresh feeling of now I have the, the what I need to be able to work. And this is an individual that actually lives outside, that doesn't use the warming center, that doesn't use you know other agencies, just the breakfast program itself. So. It's become a hub of everything, I'd like to say, but it is the breakfast program. <laughs> I was just talking, I, we were in the conference room here and I said, oh, I got to go to a podcast. And someone asked who, and someone in the podcast, in the um, conference room didn't know who you were. Ooh. So um, 
we were doing a, an explanation and I, I'm going to try to keep this a clean episode so I can't tell them what a person I thought you were, what a wonderful person, the words I used. But um, I was just saying how how wonderful the connection you have is with the clients, how um, yesterday when we were there, you knew who was not there. And and um, I, I think you knew that some people where they were, but some people you didn't. So you were checking in on everybody, which I think is just amazing that um, you knew who to check in with, you know, Greg, where's Polly this morning or whatever it was. And um, that's just a wonderful, um, a wonderful thing for the community too, to have someone looking out for everybody. They become family. They, you know, we're, we're with them five days a week and then I'm in street outreach with them and I'm doing dinners, you know, doing interns and things of such. And you just get to know them and being from the community, you know, many, you know, and then the ones that I don't, I'm, I'm getting to know and they become your little family in a sense. It's, you know, they're human there. You see them every day. You worry. It's like, okay, why aren't they here? They, if they normally show up at breakfast 30 days straight and then they're not there, there's, there's a reason why. So you know, and trying to get them to build that bridge with each other in connection when they're outside because they're struggling. They're going through the same thing. So out, you know, outreach with each other and look after each other, so to say. I know that all of you can't get along, but there are some of you that can. And on nights, like when the warming center is closed, it's like four of you, if you can get along, lay next to each other, enough body heat to, you know, nobody's going to die. It's, you know, just survival thoughts. And, you know, I, I, I think with them, I become but not so much like an agency or an agency representative, but one of them. And I come down to their level and we talk reality, you know, how it really is. And, you know, and it's like the reality is you're out there, you know, you, she, he, you all, they, you're struggling. You're, you're, you don't know where you're going to sleep tonight. You don't know if you're going to wake up in the morning. And if you do, you know, how are you going to get to the breakfast? How all these things are going to, happen you know so try to go through it together if you can it's better to be together than to be alone mm. out there you know, that's the way i would want to have a street buddy so to say if i was out in the streets i wouldn't want to do it alone you know so i don't know so, and they're, they're every day together why not you know right make yeah. a friend it's yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Even by, you know, you 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 saw someone that you do, you, you said, hello, we're hearing the horns beep. So we're seeing the very kind, soft side of Cassandra now. <laughs> I've been in that breakfast where you now lay down the law. Exactly. <laughs> tell tell the law and what it is. And I mean, you have no issues. Now, and I, I just see the respect that you mm -hmm. get in there. And you would think that this is a person that's 10 feet tall. You know, but no, you just go in there, you you question, you have no fear, but you you you're real about it. And that's what what I appreciate. You know, other people I think that's what they respect, the realness of it. It's you know, it's not out of a book or what we've been taught and trained or what the agencies, so to say, that we work for and represent. That you know, it's always by a manual. Um, and no disrespect to the manual of the agencies, but you have to be real. You know, you're you're dealing with uh, excuse me street people, you know, people with addiction, people with that are entering recovery or, you know, not even in the recovery. So it's many of, you know, and the one thing about those individuals, they like to keep it real. You gain respect on both sides. You know, they respect me and I respect them. And I think that's the biggest thing is because I've showed them respect and right. you, you get further that way. You know, it's not 
they're not just a number to me. You're not just a somebody that makes the dynamic of an agency that I work for. And I'm not saying that my agency is like that, I'm, you know, and by no means. But um, I know around the world that there are agencies or individuals or, or people are numbers or they, you know, part of that budget or no, there are, there are people, there are community there, you know, people that are falling on hard times that, you know, some have been here for quite a while. Others are just finding themselves there. I myself sometimes think I'm one paycheck away from this. Mm-hmm. You know, so and it's interesting getting to know how people actually got to where they're at, you know, or why they're where they're at, you know, and then trying to help them. It's, that's, that's where I get the reward in the hot. It's not so much a paycheck or, a, but, you know, seeing people get the things that they need the most, you know, to, um, let me say that the quality of life, so to say, they can have a better life for themselves, you know. It's, um. A lot of times when I reach out to people um, and and tell them about this opportunity we've had to um, collaborate with you, a lot of people have really negative attitude towards the unhoused. And, um, you know, I try to explain without really knowing too many stories that um, everyone is there for a different reason. I mean, we've been there when we've seen um, veterans show up and, people that really have just had some bad luck and people that are still working um, and a a lot of situations. Um, So I guess what I'm trying to ask is, um, I'm sure you see all of those situations and and everyone has their own story, correct? Yes. there's everybody's story different there's a big handful of people that look like they're heading off to work at the breakfast is that true there are there are and most of the communities thought is that the breakfast program is based strictly off of homeless individuals as it came about years ago yes that's how it was built for the individuals unhoused outside as the you know times have changed and covert people are struggling like they just not making enough to make ends meet they don't they're not getting enough meals you know neutral balanced meals to survive so they become community meals and with that being said everybody in the community is welcome and we have homeowners that come in because they've paid their mortgage and they've paid their car insurance and their basic bills there is no money for food they don't get food stamps they don't qualify for food stamps they may be 13 cents over that mark that says you can't get food stamps. Um, there's, you know, the ch- people have children. People are showing up. There's been people that showed up with their children in the summertime because it's a way to make sure that everyone's getting that square meal. Uh, we have a lot of individuals that are unhoused outside that actually work. They show up every morning to get their breakfast, you know, and off to work they go. And and I, I truly admire them. I really do. And, uh, you know, it's <laughs> it blows my mind because I myself don't think I don't know what I would do, I don't think I would make it uh, personally, but you know, to just to show up for their self every day, that's the biggest thing. And then they're, they're going to work, they're putting the pride, everything aside and trying to make something better for their self. And that's just, you know, it's amazing. But yeah, so back to your question, there's just there's everybody, there's times are hard. It's again, many, maybe you yourself could be a paycheck away from homelessness, you know, or figuring, do I fill the gas tank up this week? Or do I take 
25 and make sure I go spend 25 extra in groceries because I don't know what the price cost is going to be next week for groceries, you know, as it continues to rise. Um, so it's, you know, everybody's hungry. Everybody's hungry and everybody loves food and food is a connection to everything. You know, and, and I love that. Everything usually looks delicious there. It is. They have some amazing volunteers. I'm not sure, but everything else has looked delicious. <laughs> they have some amazing volunteers that cook for them and I cook at the main site, MLK itself, that cooks and they put their heart and soul into it. I have to say, especially those volunteers, they don't get paid to do what they do. They come in, they're in there at 6.15, the latest, you know, 6, 6.15 in the morning. They have till 7.25 to produce a meal for up to 70, 75 people. Mm. And they, you know, they do it. They do it with love. They do it with compassion and kindness. And they get involved and that makes the world a difference too. They come out, you've seen, they'll come down from the main site to the church and hide everybody. They've dropped off donations, you know, or just made their face, the presence in it. And it, it's great, you know, for, for both sides. It's, you know, I, they, they get that appreciation of I'm doing it and this is who and why I'm doing it. And, and they come back and they tell me that they love it when they're walking down Broadway, themselves, you know, living on their day-to-day daily routine and they see so-and-so or so-and-so and they're like hi so-and-so hi so-and-so and then you know, they're like I had the little old lady that said you know I'm walking by where people would normally have her you know perception of in the certain area of Newport and they're scared and you know the guys are out there screaming and they're like how do you know them and she's like I cook for them every morning you know <laughs> so and she's like and rest assured if anything happened to me you know, they're going to have my back. So they are. It's a beautiful, it's a, it's a close connection within that breakfast program. I can say from the clients slash friends of the program to the volunteers, to all of you, they look forward to that. As you guys know, and it's like Polly and Greg's here. And this one, that one. And there's certain ones that look forward and they need that, you know, it's, they, they know on a month to month and what, and during the weeks and during the certain days that, you know, okay, that agency is going to be there. And if I need, you know, I know that I can get that, you know, X, Y, and Z. And, you know, that makes a world of difference too, because some of them actually, like you said, they're going to work. And so between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., when most agencies are open, they're at work. They can't go to the food bank or they can't go to housing hotline, turnaround ministry, out to Newport Prevention to anywhere, you know, so that limits them from a lot of things that they're already limited from. So this is great, you know, it's, because um, you want to keep people working and, you know, not take them from that in their routine, so to say. Uh, have to backtrack to go get clothing that, you know, or simple things of socks that they really don't have the money to pay for and purchase firsthand, you know. Um, so. so being at that breakfast, it, to me, it is a safe space. And I yes. the safe space that you have created for for anyone who walks through that door how do you balance the because i've also seen you you know you like i said earlier you, you lay down the law how do you balance the the compassion and and the and that lay down the law like look you're not going to come in here and disrupt what is what is going on you also you know tell them how to be at a meeting that's coming up to, and how to advocate so you have that that roughness and then you have that compassion. How do you balance the whole thing? It's hard. I don't know. I think God does that through me. I'm doing his work, so to say. Right. Um, you know, it's being there, maybe because I don't know if it's just inappropriate 
to say I, I also used to act a donkey ass myself in times in life. And it's like, weird, you, you can't act a donkey ass like you giving it to him real. Like, you know, you got to this is and this is the only way you're going to get to where you're trying to go. Like a lot of people aren't going to teach you how to advocate for yourself or tell you how to advocate for yourself. And if you don't know how to advocate for yourself you're going to get nowhere. And then the worst thing is if you go to an agency and, you know, you tick them off, <laughs> you really lost an advocate, you know? So it's like, if, if nothing else, learn how to advocate for yourself. And the one thing that I think is that agencies or the city, they want to hear that from the clients, from the individuals that are outside, not just us saying, Hey, there's, you know, by these statistics or it's like, here are the people. You know, my advice to them the other night was when it was like, well, there's going to be no warming center, which at there at that moment wasn't going to be because of funding. But, you know, they, they pulled it through, they pulled it together and they opened up the warming center that night and it was beautiful. But prior to that, it was like, OK, all of you get together and go sleep on the city steps, you know, show the mayor you're there, <laughs> but do it quietly, respectfully and don't go there with booze, you know, and if you do have a coffee bag of Doritos, clean that up behind yourself, you know, show them that we're clean, we're classy, like, you know, we're human, but we're homeless. We have nowhere to go. So where, where do we go? Everywhere we, we go, we get pushed along. So it's, you know, and not maybe that might not have been the best advice, but what do you, you know, when someone is looking for advice, what kind of advice do you give to them? So I have to think realistically, well, what would I do? Well, rest assured, bet your bottom dollar, I'm going to sleep on the mayor's steps. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Very husband, calmly, quietly, and respectfully. <laughs> my husband calls that community agitating, and I just call it community organizing. There you I, go. You there know. you go. There you go. That's great. That's a great way to you know, put it. I do have to say, everyone is super respectful. When I first started attending, I was a little nervous. I live in the country. We know everybody all around us. When I walk down the street, I know everyone that passes me. So I was a little nervous. Everyone is so nice, so respectful, helpful. Um, there was a few weeks ago, I was out in the parking lot with um, my coworker, Amy, and we heard ladies and we were like, oh no, this is going to be our first bad interaction. It was just a client trying to tell us about some of his great happenings that were going on in his life. And once we like turned around he, he just wanted to get our attention and let us know all these great things. So um, everyone there is just people. They're, they're just people that need some breakfast, need some help. I think because it is a safe space that they, they know that, and they feel welcome. They don't feel rushed. Mm -hmm. They've allowed, the Model King Center has allowed, it used to be very short and limited and, and a quick. And, a, and again, it was first set up for, you know, maybe 15 individuals that had been on the house for years. So to say the system wasn't where it's at now, you know, where it is at now, the numbers have, you know, they're, they're risen. And a lot of times it's overwhelming. Agencies can't get to everyone or they, some might overlooked or whatever the, you know, situation may be. Everybody's welcome there, no matter who you are, what color you are, what shape or size you are, what your choices are life in, you know, it's, it's welcome. It's safe. It's one thing that's not going to happen. And, you know, you, no one's going to put their hands on in you. No one's going to disrespect you. No one's going to judge you. You know, there's, there's no shame. You know, you come as you are. And then, you know, if we have some resources that we can give you, we'll give them to you. And even hygiene products, they, just little things that we are outside, having those things available, they're human. Now they feel good again. And they feel like they're selves. They're, you know, and the biggest thing is that welcome. And then you all being there welcome. And those 
those relationships built again. They're looking forward to those to you know, you guys. It's like you become their friends. They're not just, you know, Greg and Polly from Newport Prevention. In their worlds, for some of them, those are their, their those are their friends. Friends of friends, friends of a friend's program, so to say. You know, everybody looks at each other like a friend. Not everybody, but for the most part. It's the tri- <laughs> how we tried. You know, it's you know, why not? We spend five days a week together, you know, 30 days a month. It's, you know, well, cut that in half, 20 days, you know, you add that up over years because most of the clients are continuous clients, you know, day to day, you know, now, a few that here and there, but we mentioned the breakfast program, but can you tell us like the days and times and location of the breakfast program? So the breakfast program is Monday through Friday, um, and it is 7.30 to 9 a.m. in the morning. It's 6.30 and open the doors up for those that are unhoused, and they come in about 6.30, and they just hang out. They don't get breakfast early or coffee or anything early. They just hang out. They Again, it's time to, whether it's brush the teeth, go in the bathroom and have a sponge bath, or, you know, having those things if we have socks available and they need something to, to change out, so to say. Um so, and then, so we serve breakfast from 7.30 to 8.30. The sooner you get there, the better, because breakfast is always, you know, a lot more offering at the start with all the goodies that sometimes are available. They go fast. <laughs> but uh, we offer breakfast till 8.30. And then from 8.30 to 9 is kind of like their resource hour. They're, they're outreach and they're like, you know, as you've been there, can you call mental health? Can you, they're dealing with agencies of, uh, you know, of, such as yourself, for prevention. Um, you know, so the doors close at 9 and, Unfortunately, we don't provide breakfast on the weekends or the holidays. And there is once a year, every year for one week during the Christmas to the January vacation, the New Year holiday, that breakfast is not provided. But it is yearly by Turnaround Ministry, CBC and Miss Moyer, um, other community activist leaders, so to say. that So they do get a big breakfast year round, so to say, other than on the weekends. Um, our agency is not open on the weekends, so we're not able to if we were i would be there two more days a week seven days a week you know because i i don't that's the only part i don't understand and and i don't throw that on that month the king center i throw this on the whole community so to say do people not get hungry on saturday and sunday but then you also get the of not you can't make people comfortable or but it's like well we do monday through friday there's three meals (laughs) There's breakfast, you know, there's lunch and there's dinner, but then there's Saturday and Sunday and there's only one meal. So that kind of bothers me, but I'm only one person and I can't change that with the whole city and community or even my agency. Well, not my agency, but the agency I work for. Um, But and I'm sure if they could, they would. I mean, because they've the ones that have taken really this program or allowed me to do with their permission, the things that have been been done, you know, it's like. Yeah. So I'm sure I'm sure if they had it in their power, they would. But again, our agencies run strictly off of donations. It's a nonprofit organization. You know, so where would you get funding and such and the budget and everything else to continue to, to do what they do during the week? They are doing great work. Yeah. Yes. And breakfast. I'm sorry. It's located presently at St. Um, Paul's Church. And that's in Newport. And I believe. I heard the six. Let me get correct of what street that is on because I do not know. I'm just so used to, I'm from Newport. <laughs> um, it's. Is it Marlboro? 
Yes, it is Marlboro. Yes, it is Marlboro Street. And that's St. Paul's Church. Directly, you go, if you're coming to breakfast, would like to come to breakfast, you just show up to the parking lot and the door is right there. You know, you just enter and it's open. You know, the only the only provision is that you must register and that's with anyone. And that's because of budget. You know, they have to know, you know, how many people they're feeding on a day to day basis to get a budget from the state or a grant, so to say, and that type of thing. And that information is kept personal. They don't take social security number or anything of such. And um, honestly, the, the numbers, the budget is based off of the amount of injuries that are outside. So if you are outside, it's better to just, you know, be honest and say, I'm outside, I'm searching and seeking. And then that's better for us because we can then at that point direct them. And, you know, like with Jen Barrero and the CES and Polly from um, Newport Mental Health and Street Out, uh, the Coalition Outreach Street Team, then it's like we can direct them to this, to them and say, okay, this is, you know, the avenue you need to go, so to say, so they can get registered for CES, or they can go to the next transition of housing or things like that. So, um, but yeah, and uh, after January 17th, somewhere between January 22nd and January 26th, we would be going back to the main site of the Martin Luther King Center, and that is 40 Dr. Marcus Wheatland Boulevard, and you would enter on the Edward Street playground side. So, and the doors are pretty much open at 730. You don't have to ring a bell or knock or the doors open, community breakfast, come on in, join us, you know, it's a nice tea, it's a nice tea party, if, if you ask me, you know, good social coffee hour and, yep. and it's a great breakfast, better than IHOP. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I know that you don't house people, but um, another misconception we hear a lot is that, well, why don't people just go to the shelter? Like when we talk about unhoused and we're constantly telling people there, there's no place, there's no, the shelters are full. So there's no shelter. There's no beds at the shelter. Um, you can't just, well, you can now. That has changed. If you're registered with CES in the collision of homeless and you knock on the back of the shelter door at 7 p.m. and there is a bed, they will allow that individual, a man, because we don't have women's shelter right now. Okay. That they will let the gentleman um, come in, um, but that's according to the bed. And as you know, where beds are full, there's usually no bed, yeah. so they they can't let you in. Everybody has to, you know, go through that same roundabout system, so to say. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a huge misconception. I was just having you confirm that there really wasn't a lot of places out there because everyone's always it, like, no, there isn't. There's no there's no place for women. There's no transition right now only those that were there prior to renovations and, and that's because they're under renovations so and you know we don't have any other shelter outside of that other than lucy's hearth and other the, to get into that shelter you have to be a single dad can go in children but again that's through the ces collision everything you need or want to get into you need to do through ces you know you need to be registered with that system to enter into the next system so to say um, and that's, I guess, the tracking system so they can figure out where, or, you know, the, I don't, I'm not really go, I don't know really how that works because <laughs> I don't, work him, but I do know that that's, you know, why we have Jen Barrero and Polly come in and they're registering people continuously and they're updating them every 30 days, which is really important because if you don't update with that 30 days, then the system throws you out, so to say. So they're there offering that five days a week, so to say. Jen comes down four to five times a month. She's there every Friday herself, but Polly works for her. I mean, Polly, sorry. 
Paula Stoos works for her in between, and that's what she's there to do. Make sure people are getting registered for the shelter queue, for housing itself, for vouchers, for, you know, getting their name into the, the CES collision system. And then they take it a step further and they will help them go onto the central centralized CWL, centralized waitlist Rhode Island and create an account there. So now they're eligible to go into the housing authorities and um, maybe get a, a voucher or things of such. And we have saw a lot of, I can't, I don't have the correct account right now, but a lot of people have been housed through that and, you know, updating their information, which is another important step. Like the CWL will send out a thing called save my space through email. A lot of people aren't paying attention to the emails, so they don't save their space. Now they're booted out the system again, they've dropped back to the bottom, you know? So it's really important to work with those clients and constantly continue to remind them and that's something that we're constantly doing. Like, Paul is here again today. If you haven't updated it, you know, in the last 30 days or the new one's coming in, like, you know, Jen shows up on Friday and a constantly reminder, like, you know, she runs the CES service. She run the whole big thing, but she's one of the, you know, the bigger cats and bigger dogs. So, you know, and it's always nice to work with somebody that's higher up there. So it's like, and they know correctly how to get you into the system where, you know, you need to be in that system, you know, they go through that whole system because there's like two steps to that system. You know, there's the first process of entering into the system and then there's an emergency process, which is kind of like an evaluation, which determines, you know, how far and how fast they would write. And I don't know if I'm explaining this the right way and I hope so. And I don't want to be in trouble for that. Like, <laughs> who does she think she is? <laughs> um, but there is a second part, which is really, which we actually learned. And I, I don't know if either one of you are there with me when Jen Barrero taught the Homelessness 101 um, lesson, session up there at Innovate Newport. And it was said that, that it's very important they get that second half because that system, it does go by elderly first, disabled, family, then sing, you know, single unhoused. So when they ask you those questions, it's very important. Like, oh, you know, if you have a disability and that's why I'm always constantly reminding them like mental health is a disability and yes, you have a disability and make sure, you know, you let them know that you have that disability, you know, so to say. So yeah, I believe that's how, from what I've learned, I experienced and I've picked up through the housing 101 classes and things of such, that's the knowledge that I've gotten in the way of I have myself perceived things, if that's the correct way to say it. So. Again, I don't want to speak for agencies and then they say, oh, no, she's got that all wrong. (laughs) And I know a lot of times I I hear myself, I I know you said in the past you've gotten some negative. I hear myself that, you know, like, well, it's like I don't I'm not out here to take anyone's job or anyone's position or do their job. I'm just here to navigate and be that resource, that hub through that you know, that this is, and actually direct them to offices because some people come, they have no, they're first time homeless in the street. They don't know what, what to expect. What do I do next? And it's like, okay, you know, navigate through. We're going to first from here, you're going to housing hotline. Then you're going to TAM. Then you're going to Hope Recovery. Then you, you know, and then you're going to outreach to Rios further than this, you know, here for an evaluation, if need be that type of things. Cause you, if no one's there to help you with those steps, it's, you know, what do you do? You, things get worse sometimes, so to say. And if you can prevent things from getting worse for somebody, and I think that's the goal, the whole goal and objective, you know, and stop things before they stop, you know. Right. And even though 
you know, we know that you're the expert in, in, in your field and you're given the, you know, the, the advice and you're, you are providing the resources, you know, even if it's in the wrong order, but at least you're given or, or, or the right order for all we know. Um, but you're giving people the, those resources that, that, that checks the, the boxes that they need to check off in whatever order they need to, whatever they, um, wherever they are in their, in their journey. But having a, a wealth of knowledge like yourself there to help guide them through, to help them get with the correct wording, to help them with the correct passage along that journey is, is a great asset and a, uh, a great advocate to have in their corner. So thank you. Thank you. Without divulging any confidential information, could you share an uplifting story um, from the community breakfast population? I feel like every time we go, there's something really up. There is always something great happening. And so there's many a different, there's many, a, this is funny because there's many a different positive stories that happen through the breakfast program and the community programs. Started off as the breakfast program. I have a client, we won't say it's client A, <laughs> and mother lives in California and client is here. Mother's been looking around for the client and she figured I'll reach out to the breakfast coordinator, you know, and she did so. And it was like, okay, I'm, I outreach even further. So if, if, and when I, you know, can find anything and get some word to you, I'll do so. And mother was persistent, persistent. And I showed up to enough for the community dinners. And finally client A showed up to the dinner and it was like, don't mean to pry, but mom's been, you know, reaching out and Client A was able to reach mom and mom reached client A. And that was just beautiful. It was like, wow, you know, so little things like that, that probably wouldn't have happened if they didn't, you know, they didn't know like, okay, the breakfast program exists and most people communicate through the breakfast, you know, like anyone unhoused, so to say, is going to know from a program like that, you know, like, so um, we've, I don't know, I'm looking for, there's so many, like I, I can't. Can maybe if you bring one up and then I can elaborate on it. Um, <laughs> I just there's so many. I'm like, uh, you know. Um, Every time we go, there's at least one thing. I know um, one of the clients had a mishap. Um, we go on Wednesday, so it must have been Tuesday or Monday. And all of the other clients were all worried, and they were all sharing notes about the mishap and who's checked in on them. And it's it's just such a, a wonderful community. I. Yeah. So that's why we were able to talk about our friend, Mr. Howard, today, because that is a community event versus a work event, you know, which, yeah. at, you know, something that works, so to say, I can't indulge, it's, um, I can't speak about, but uh, that was a community event. And that's, they come in the morning and they came in, I, I wasn't aware because it happened after street beat hour after, you know, yep. um, no one really knew at the dinner because those that were there when it happened didn't come to dinner. So we did, I was able to find out that morning through them. And of course, you know, they're upset and, you know, they want to know, and it's like, who do you, and it's like, okay, let's outreach this way. Let's go to Paula because we, we know that they have another system that they can, you know, make sure they find the, like, kind of like the police, like <laughs> we're going to find this person, you know, so to say, so, it is again that's how they're all communicating they're all there looking for each other in the morning telling stories of you know whether somebody was acting great or somebody was acting a donkey ass which we use that word a lot <laughs> you know? um you know it's it's just it's like their it's their their family they're they it's not their house but in their world it's their breakfast house like they yeah. you know yeah, absolutely show up and it's yeah you know so 
it's I love the way they 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 stick together now and communicate with each other and hang out with each other. Yeah, you know, it, it was it was very um, heartwarming because one person would yell to another and they knew who knew the information and they yeah, yeah. they were really trying to figure out make sure everyone was okay. So it's a great group of them and they follow through these individuals too. That you got to remember they're following through the ones that aren't working on a day-to-day basis. You know, they're showing up with us for breakfast. They leave, they're heading up to Barbara Winters housing hotline, shower Robinson, turn around ministries from there. They're somewhat drifting down to hope recovery together. Others are drifting over to the libraries so as you know, a warming center, so to say during the day for them or a cooling center during the summertime, depending on, you know, the season. So, you know, they have their clicks in, but at the end of the day, they all outreach together and that ends with the dinner program. And from the dinner program, it's like, where's everybody going? You know, okay, you guys are going back to the shelter. We're going, you know, I can't say the locations because then we don't want any other agency <laughs> or local authorities harassing individuals, but they're going to where they're going. And then the other ones, well, we're going to be at the bus stop for Rio's pickup time for the warming center, you know, things like that. So, you know, they're very, very close knit. I mean, and it's such a small net community, you know, and they used to not want to let outsiders in, but it's like, we have no choice now. Like you're, you know, the way the system works, you could be from socket and wind up in the new part, you know, McKinney shelter, which bothers me, but I don't coordinate that system. But if I did, I could tell you, It'd be all Newport, Middletown, and Portsmouth. You know, I'd make sure, so to say, that our own backyard was housed before we housed every other backyard. You know, it's like new. The other, some of the other cities are set up where they have more shelters. They have more. We don't have that. We're very limited with what we have. So, what limitation we have, we really need. I feel we should taking care of us. Not that we're, you know. The community, I guess, is so much greater and bigger than, than just the community itself. So so with that being said, we get a lot of individuals from Cumberland, Moonsocket, different places all around, you know, Rhode Island. And it's like just accept, you know, they're, they're going to become your street buddies, so to say, like you're out again, you're out there together. You're in the same situations. And if you go to the warming center, you're probably going to see each other there, you know, so make a friend if you can. If you can't, then that's OK, too. I get it. Not everybody can get along, but. You might not get along with him, but you may get along with her. You may not get along with her, but you may get along with, you know, so whichever ones can click up with each other, it's always nice to, and then it's easy outreach too for every agency doing outreach, you know, it's like, okay, I know to go to so-and-so for so-and-so, you know. Do you ever take time to celebrate the work that you've done? No, because I don't think that it's, I think I'm doing what I'm just supposed to be doing. You know, it's, it's, and if I am doing anything, then more that I don't, I'd like to look at it that, then that's my way of giving back to the community because I'm poor, I'm low income. I'm financially, again, I'm one paycheck away from homelessness myself. You know, I'm, I'm begging the landlord, you know, like <laughs> give me one more Friday paycheck, you know? So I, you know, but no, I just think that then that's my way to give back. You know, if that little bit of just giving them resource, knowledgeable information or making someone feel human. And I don't even think that's a job. I think that that's just what we're supposed to do in life. You know, like, you know, be human, be kind. It's the world, excuse me, it's probably totally inappropriate, <laughs> but it's not preventable. The world's fucked up. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Edit that if you have to, but aside from it being that, it's cold, it's a cold place, you know, so why not find 
or make it a warm place, even if it's in that little hour and a half of somebody's day, that that's all they have, that 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 hour of safety, warmth and compassion in their life, because how many other hours are there in the day that they have to go through that struggle alone, you know, torn upside down, their worlds are completely torn upside down. You know, ours aren't, I may be a paycheck away from homelessness, but I have a bed to go home to. Right. You know, I can turn my lights on and off whenever I want. I can use my bathroom whenever I want, which, you know, as you know, as they're outside, there is no public bathroom, you know, and the one that's during the day closes at a certain time. And after that, businesses are not too friendly of letting people unhoused, or as they would say, homeless, as we say, unhoused in their place of businesses, even when they have money, because there are clients that get disability that, you know, are on social security or SSI or have food stamps where they can purchase things for themselves. But because of the stigma and, you know, just the way things have been done all these years, so to say, it's not right. But so these programs and community meals are very important, very important because, I mean, if I think if you took a walk with, I don't want to say one of the clients, just an unhoused individual one day and took to see what their world is like and go to all the agencies with them and then take a walk down Broadway, take a walk down Thames Street, see the responses they get when they try to enter a store. And it's not a liquor store, regular store, you know, or are they even just going up asking, could they use a bathroom? And then walk in behind them yourself and ask to use the bathroom and see the difference, you know, that you get. And I think I, I've said this about every agency, send somebody, you know, the client, so to say, and send somebody that they don't know is actually not a client and see the difference of how people are treated or whose needs are met, you know, who's judged, who's, you know, who's being dealt with as they should or being dealt with seriously. Again, I don't know if these are all the right ways to say things. Um, and I don't mean anything in a harm or attack to any agency or to the city or to the, my heart and my compassion is for the people right. and, and advocating for them and advocating for them is meeting them in their needs. And they're hungry, they're unhoused, they're cold, they're wet, you know, hygiene, everything is important. and we're allowed to give them hygiene products, but if the church didn't allow them to use the bathroom to brush their teeth, where would they do these things? You know? Um, and there is there is a fit, fit program now, which is great, but that doesn't work for everybody because if you're in a wheelchair, mm. the gym, you know, setting alone is not gonna be a comfortable setting for you to go just to take a shower. You know, so it's great, Hakeem, that, the, the, you know, these programs that are being, you know, invented and that there are individuals that can take an opportunity and advantage of that is great. But then we still have to think of those that can't utilize those and take advantage of that, you know. So there's always a floor or a gap, you know, in every system. And I don't think that people do it intentionally, you know, it's just how to every agency Instead of saying, well, this is what we do, or that's what they do, working and saying, how can we fix this as a whole? Like, I love the way that my director looks at things. She likes to just help, period. Like, okay, how do we fix, how do we make it happen? I would never, her thing is like, I would never um, be mad if another agency, so to say, was like giving out food. People are getting, because they, they, they have a food pantry, you know why? She loves that. Like, this is great. 
more people are getting fed, you know, people's needs are being met, you know, she loves that, um, that all of you guys are able to come in and meet clients right there in the moments where they're at, because all clients, again, can't get to certain agencies or, you know, the struggle of getting to the transportation line from the transportation line off the bus, which could be blocks still away from after the bus ride, getting to an organization, so to say, depending on that individual's need in which organization it is. So, you know, it's, uh, it, if everybody could just sit together, like with the community meal planning, and then there's that one person that looks in and says, wait a minute, guys, how about, or why on Saturday and Sunday? And how can we, or all of us figure out, uh, you know, that, and I, I think then everybody's needs gets met, so to say, and it's, and it's just one community strong working for the greater good of the people because it's what it, we're trying to get the people that meet their needs and you know that's important it's like you know not one agency is greater than the other agency or does more than the other everybody does the best they can the fair share they can it's just greater when you can do it together you know and, and get the needs met of the people it's really how i feel cassandra we have so many nice, generous, kind listeners, and I am sure they're all dying to know how they can help the breakfast program. Um, how how should how should they go about that? Honestly, um, and many of them may be donators already because there's so many donators that donate. Our organization breakfast program is strictly off of donations. That's how it's run. Donations come in, and that's how they purchase the breakfast that's needed. They provide a full meal, as you know, eggs, um, sausage, meat, protein, um, usually breakfast, breakfast is eggs, sausage, and a hash brown, so to say. And then there's a cold cereal table, there's hot coffee, and there's hot tea, cold milk, things of such. Wanting to help out, the biggest generosity that you could do is donate to the Martin Luther King Center in the name of the breakfast program. You know, because when you donate to the Martin Luther King Center, those donations are divided between each community program. So if you're looking to make, you know, make sure that it's for the breakfast program, I would put my donation, you know, hey, up to the Martin Luther King Center. And I don't know how you would say that, like for breakfast or two breakfasts or, you know, donating to the breakfast program, but to the, there's only one breakfast program. Too, so they'll know, that they, <laughs> you know, um, but that would be the, be that would be the best way again, because it's all thrown, it's all done through do donations and, you know, the meal is provided there through the site and, and things of such. So it's just getting the um, inventory to make sure they can meet the inventory to feed the people every day, you know? So, and that again is done by having that, you know, people register or check in on a day-to-day -day basis so they can have a head count. So they know looking forward to the next day, the next weeks and patterns of things, how much they will need to provide. And it, it's very costly. I can say that the numbers have grown and it costs. <laughs> I hear about that a lot. Like Cassandra, you are taking us far beyond the budget, <laughs> and they don't mean it in a in a bad way. You know, they're just trying to get me to see that Cassandra, we you know we do our best to meet every single one you know of the needs that are required or the or the mail, let's say, so to say that you've planned out. But like we we can't get juice every day, so to say, like those type of sugar things that you know anybody wants, like. Um, you know, with breakfast, so, you know, you want your cup of coffee and you maybe want a cup of juice or something, things like that. We can't provide in a day. We have, we are structured to make sure we provide like eggs, you know, a meat, 
and a hash brown that they have that hearty, healthy, warm meal, so to say. So those little having that little extra budget helps for the things like that of such to be able to provide the things that are provided, you know, um, every, and again, every morning, as you say, is a five days a week, it doesn't change. You know, they have a hot meal and they have a cold meal, you know, and then it's, and it's meeting everyone's needs because, you know, not everybody eats pork, you know, not everybody eats meat, not everybody. So that's why there's the hot meal as well as the cold cereal table and, yeah, no. So it's there's something there for everybody. They try to offer fruit every day, as you know, which is very hard too. So we love fresh fruit. They love fresh fruit. I love fresh fruit, but that's very costly. And it's something that the agency itself just could not provide five days a week. You know, if you have five, 10, 15, 20 days out of the month, so to say, for 70, 75 people. Um, so yeah, just a donation to the MLK Breakfast Program. That would be the best way to, to donate or help out, so to say. And then other ways is, as you know, you know, just basic needs. People are always needing, you know, socks year round, t-shirts, underwears, a change of clothing. So if anyone at any time ever wants to do something of that type of thing, that's always, you know, great. But we get that through you all when you come in. So I think that's how we would, you know, get those type of donations. We look forward to those once a month <laughs> as they come in from you all. You're right. Awesome. I, I feel I feel like I knew a lot about the breakfast program, but I feel like I know more. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and I'm glad to share that information because um, I do feel um, I, I do feel sad, but also nice. Um, I get a warm feeling when I leave the breakfast um, breakfast. Um, you know, I it kind of gives a perspective on um, how, you know, I might not turn my heat up really high, but at least I have a house. I might not have filet mignon in my fridge, but you know what? I've got some milk and some eggs. Um, it really gives you perspective and it's nice to see everybody there helping out and sort of makes you warm and fuzzy a little bit. And 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 I'm glad that you see that because it was funny because when we first, you know, taken the program, not the first taking the program, because the program had already been developed and designed and created. But as it was growing and expanding and going different avenues, that was one thing of the unsurety. The managers always thought, well, we don't want people to feel that they have to work for our breakfast. Like this is a community breakfast, it's free. And then it was like the other side is the more clients wanting to volunteer and seeing the good feeling that it gets. And, it's, and for them, that's their way of giving back. Like, you know, we have the client that we, won't say the name, but loves to dig in the trash. So instead of digging in the trash, we allow them to take the trash out. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, so that there's many reasons for that as well. You know, it's again, meeting each individual in their little moment. So if that's, you know, you want to help out and give back in the little, and, 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 it, and it helps. It's, you know, there's 70 of them and three volunteers, a, a door checking person and me. It's, so it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's appreciated too. You know, they're, they're appreciated as well when they're doing what they're doing because they don't have to, you know, it's absolutely. Now this has been great, Cassandra. Thank you. It was well worth the wait. You again, like I said, I've been dying to get you on here and tell a little bit of your story, but more or less just to let the community know all the great things that yeah. you're doing, your organization is doing. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, it's been mind blowing. You know, I've, I, I'm so happy. Uh, like I heard about the breakfast program through Mel. Um, and it was through another initiative that we were doing. And she was like, oh, no, you 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 have to go to this breakfast program. And, <laughs> and 
So, you know, the, I, I love the, the community collaboration between the organizations, but, you know, this is more or less just to give you your flowers to say kudos, mm -hmm. great work on everything that you're doing. You know, every time that we go there, we go there like every two weeks, every time I'm, I just leave, I have another Cassandra story to tell. You You're know? like our queen here. I'm surprised you don't have like a shrine. <laughs> we should. We should. But it's like, you know, it's, I just, it, it's just that great, great work. Kudos yeah. to uh, and all that you're doing. So thank you for taking the time. Thank in. you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for all that you both do. You take it's care. Great now. to see you. Great Thanks. to see you both. Thank you.